Hello, everybody. My name is Joe Morris, and I am the infamous father of Marissa Morris. For those of you who know who Marissa is, which is probably everybody that's listening right now. Anyway, I'm Joe Morris. I've been around this earth for a long time. I'm 69 years old. I became, I became a Christian the way most people become Christians at a young age. Actually, my mom was Christian science, and she kind of beat us over the head with uh, the science and health and key to the scriptures. But me and my three brothers, we didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. And when we could break free from our home when we were 17 years old, we just went off and did our thing. I mean, God and Christ was way in the past and certainly not on the foreseeable future or on the future horizon. But anyway, I lived a normal life of living without Christ and without God until my kids came along, Marissa and Joshua. And when they were young, we decided, my wife and I decided, Glenda, decided to go to church, if for no other reason but to give somewhat of a foundation to Marissa and Joshua. So we'd go to church every Sunday, and what was exciting about it was they used to give out little donut holes at the end of end of the service. So I swear people used to come to church strictly to eat those doggone donut holes afterwards. But our pastor was young and he was charismatic. His name was Don. And I would intently listen to his messages every week and I would sit in the in the pews and go, nah, no, nah, 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 no. Very quietly, never, never vocalizing that. But in my head, I was like constantly being agnostic. Let's just put it that way. I was agnostic. I did not believe in God. But then I was afraid to not believe in God because I thought if I didn't believe in God, that he was going to strike me down. But then again, I didn't know how God could possibly be listening to all those people sitting in the church or in all the people who are sitting in all the churches all over the country at the same time. My God, how could God listen to that? So I went through several years of not really believing, but being a Christian and calling myself a Christian. And, you know, advancing to the future, Marissa and I have done many, many channeling sessions uh, with conversations with Christ and, and with Jesus. And Jesus said that 85% of Christians don't believe. They don't believe in him. So they think the way I used to think. Most Christians think the way I used to think. They probably think about Christ and they think about God out of fear as opposed to love. And it wasn't until right about the time Marissa was baptized on her 21st birthday, we got baptized together. And something changed in me. I had started reading uh, the Bible. I had read the Bible from beginning to end, just going, this is a crock. No, this can't be real. So I was very skeptical reading the whole Bible from cover to cover. But then one day I was sitting at home and my wife was work uh, at work late at night. And I was watching this show called Strange Universe. And it would be an hour long. It would have like three... 20-minute segments to it. And 
So this was late, at late at night. I, I can't remember if it was on cable TV. Uh, cable TV was in its infancy then in the 90s, so to speak. So anyway, um, one of the segments was on a book called the Urantia book. For those of you who can't understand how I said that, it's U-R-A-N-T-I-A, the Urantia book. And a guy came on and was explaining kind of what this book was all about, but when he finished up saying, if you really want to know the truth about Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden, you may want to read this book. And besides that, every president since Eisenhower has read this book, and it has no name, and it's just blue. So they call it the blue book. And I went, no, 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 no. The blue book has to do with the Air Force and UFOs and what have you. But I was curious, and I didn't know how the heck to get this book, so I went to the library, no such thing. There was no Urantia book in the library. So then, and we really didn't have computers then. I mean, the computers were in, in their infancy, but Google hadn't quite yet come along, so I didn't know how to research this. And so then I went to an alternative bookstore uh, called Phoenix Fire in Encinitas that no longer exists now. And it was a kind of a spiritual store with crystals and beads and, and these, these kind of spiritual books, probably New Age books. And they had kind of heard of it, but they didn't have any copies. So I called up 1-800-INFORMATION, 555-1212, whatever. And I said, do you have anything by the name of Urantia? U-R-A-N-T-I-A. And the lady said, yes, we have a number for an 800 number for Urantia Foundation in Chicago. So I took the number, I called them up, and, and I said, I'm kind of interested because I saw a little bit about this book in the, in the Strange Universe show, and it sounds very, very interesting. So is there any way I can get it? copy of this book? And they said, yeah, send us 25 bucks and we'll send it to you. So I sent them the $25. And I anxiously awaited it, waited it to arrive. So finally one day it does come and I'm all excited and I open it up and sure enough it's just a plain old blue book and on the very front with very small letters is spelled Urantia. And that's it. That's it. Flip it over and there was, you know, that little tiny print on the very, very back about having to do with uh, Library of Congress numbers and things like that. So anyway, so I, I open it up and I start reading the, the, the foreword, I guess, is what I was reading. And it was like reading Greek. I had no idea what they were talking about. It was just out there. So I say, you know what? I'm not going to read this introduction. I'm going to chapter one. Very first sentence in chapter one, and I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have the book in front of me, said something to the effect that God is your everlasting father. And I went, crap, this is a religious book. I don't want a religious book. I want to find out about Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden. But my curiosity was up, and I did spend the $25, so I figured I was going to at least get my, my money's worth. So anyway, I start reading it, 
the thing is 2100 over 2100 pages and the type is teeny 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 tiny and the pages are sort of like uh, uh, onion paper they're so thin I thought oh my god I'm never gonna be able to read all this but I read page one then I read page two and three and four and I read all the way to page 2133 I think is how many pages it was and what really blew me away was the last 700 pages was on the daily, I mean, daily life of Jesus Christ. So it talks about his birth, who his friends were as a kid, um, what kind of a life he led, what kind of toys he played with. And then it eventually moved itself up to his teenage years. And then, then uh, when he was... Uh, in his late teen years, I believe, is when he finally left home and took off and, and uh, joined a caravan uh, with a guy from India. And he became a tutor for this caravan leader's son. Very, very interesting. Lots of lots of really good lessons that you can learn in there. So I read this and it's like, wow, this thing is really, 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 really interesting. But I wasn't completely sold yet, but I was pretty doggone close. So I finished up the book and I turned right around and I read the Bible again from page one to the end again. And I read it like a book, like a, like a novel. And all of a sudden, the Bible was making some sense. We're going, wow, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Instead of going, nah, 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 all of a sudden I started saying, yeah, actually, you know what? Okay, maybe this is true. So from that day on, I, I pretty much, uh, that led me up to becoming baptized with Marissa on her 21st birthday. This would have been in 1998. And ever since then, I've been a follower of Christ. And I became, I wouldn't say a, a conservative Christian, a dogmatic Christian, because I still had a lot of questions because I was a real fan of Emanuel Vilikovsky, and we'll get into Vilikovsky in some of our other sessions. But uh, Vilikovsky explained how there have been these huge changes in the earth uh, going back to about 1300 uh, BC. So it was the second century before the current era. And something weird happened, and, and in his uh, theories was that a comet that travels through uh, our solar system, pulled one of the moons of Jupiter out of its orbit, which became now a big comet flying through our, our uh, solar system. And that led to books like the Iliad and the Odyssey, how there would be wars in the skies between Mars and Venus and all this. And, and we go out and we look in the sky, there's no wars going on out there. I mean, it's beautiful to be, see, be able to see all those stars, but we don't see any wars going on out there. But anyway, it was, it was very, very interesting. And, and so it, it uh, once again, the book led me into reading the Bible again. I became a, a Christian. I uh, went to church. I started going to uh, Bible study classes. And, and then lo and behold, around... 2009 or 8, somewhere, maybe 2009. Marissa had a, a, 
um, afterlife experience. Let's put it that way. Um, she got in a car accident and uh, she broke a, uh, ran into a fire hydrant after crossing uh, oncoming traffic. And this is uh, the time when she was having uh, regular seizures. And I think there were, some of them were considered grand mal seizures. And she was driving, she hit this, this uh, fire hydrant, and the next thing you know, uh, she had just bought a brand new Mercedes. She was, uh, I owned a real estate company, and she was running the mortgage end of it, and she was doing very, very well, making a lot of money. And she bought this new Mercedes, and she had the moonroof open, and then she got in the, she had just bought the car, too. I don't think it was a month old. And she ran into this uh, fire hydrant, and the car filled up with water. Of course, she was in the middle of a seizure, so she had no idea what was going on. And... Um, so basically, she drowned uh, before people could get their hands on her. Because for some reason, I guess she must have passed away briefly because she went over to the other side. And on the other side, she saw an angel that looked just like her, except she was real tall. And Marissa says she was actually prettier, but she looked like me. And the angel said, you need to go back. And Marissa was standing maybe 30 feet above her car with this angel, looking down at the car, looking at her pathetic self being drowned in water uh, in a brand new car, um, having these seizures every anywhere from every 20 to 30 days. It was just freaky. It was very, very tough on, on me. It was tough on everybody, including Jeff. And uh, Jeff is her husband was a boyfriend at that time. Anyway, um, Marissa said, that person down there is pathetic. I do not want to go back. I do not want to go back. And her angel self said, nope, got to go back. And the next thing she knew, she was waking up in a hospital. From that day, that led her into wanting to meet that angel again. She wanted to meet that big, beautiful angel, and she didn't know how to do it. And that led her into a number of places to go. And she went and studied under various classes and various schools and this, that, and the other. And she wasn't getting anywhere. There was no way she could speak with that angel again. But one thing led to another, and she was doing a lot of studying, reading a lot of books when she heard about channeling. And she goes, channeling? Wow, wow. Like, like, um, oh, what's that guy's name? The Sleeping Prophet, uh, Edward, Edgar Casey. Edgar Casey has a lot of books out. Edgar Casey has an IQ of about 80. That's just a little bit more than a, than a dirt clod. And so, yet, out of Edgar Casey in channeled sessions he he would come up with the most unbelievable things so there are just volumes and volumes and volumes of of the teachings and and the readings of, of edgar casey in fact many people believe that the arantia book uh, author actually was edgar casey but the arantia uh foundation doesn't want anybody to know who the main subject was the channeler for that particular book because they don't want people focusing on the channeler instead of the book itself. 
nevertheless, uh, Marissa, over time, um, learned to channel. And I don't want to belabor this too much because we're going to keep this a little bit short. But one day I, I dragged Marissa off to church and she had not yet exposed any of this to me. And I dragged her off to a church that uh, had broken up. Uh, it was the same church that I had taken them to, uh, my kids, when they were young in the 90s. But like a lot of big churches, they just break up. And a new pastor came in. My pastor ended up just having a little service in the back in his backyard over in La Costa. So Marissa and I went over there one day. I had to literally drag her there. She is not a church-going person. Uh, she is a spiritual person. She believes in Christ. She believes in God. But she does not like religion uh, because of all the rules and all the finger wagging that goes on. But nevertheless, we're sitting in the church, and I had been in this uh, Bible study class. And one of the guys in my class was an elderly gentleman. His name was Bill. And Bill passed away. Prior to passing away, he had had like 21 heart operations, mostly just stints. Uh, but even so, uh, like Johnny Bench said, minor surgery is when somebody else has surgery, but it's major surgery when it occurs to you, when you're having it. So anyway, call it minor or major surgery, Bill had had many, many heart stint operations. And his wife, Kiyoki, would hold his hand and before he would go into his his operations. And, and Bill would turn to Kiyoki and say, if I don't make it back, I'm going to find a way to let you know everything's okay in heaven. And that was a constant thing. Every time he would have a, have a surgery, he would say the same thing to his wife, Kiyoki, who was Korean, and, uh, and he had met her during, I believe, the Korean War. And uh, they had been together for many, 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 many years. Uh, but she was a little bit younger than him. But nonetheless, they were very happy and very good Christians. So anyway, Bill passed away. And I didn't say anything. I didn't tell anybody. It was just something that, you know, it happened in the church. And people in the church gave a few seconds of, 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 uh, of mourning for him, you know, before service and then on into the subject. And I didn't talk about it. I had no reason to talk to my kids. We had already been um, split up. Uh, her mom and I had already split up. And I had already been through a couple other relationships. But that's for another time. So anyway, we're sitting in this, this backyard of, of Don and Janie's house, uh, listening to the sermon. And we're sitting in these chairs, and, and they're kind of spread apart from everybody. And there's nobody really behind me. And People in front of me are, are you know, well, well ahead of me where I could spread out and far better than first class in, in the airline. So there's nobody around me when all of a sudden I feel this hand run from my forehead to the back of my head. And I go, what the heck is that? And I look up and I'm sitting under a tree. There's nothing. Nothing's falling on me. I look to my left and I look to my right and I look behind me. Nothing. Marissa's sitting on my right. And she was paying attention to what was going on. It wasn't her hand that was rubbing my head. 
when I whispered into her ear and I said, Marissa, somebody just rubbed my head. And she said, shh, I'll talk to you later. So I shut up. And then about 10 or 15 minutes goes by and she pokes me. And she points over at a lady sitting a couple rows up and off to the right. And it's Kiyoki. And Marissa says, who's that lady? And I said, I'll tell you later. You can tell me about somebody touching my head later. I'll tell you who that is later. Well, later came and nothing, we forgot about it. And we went and ate brunch with everybody else and then went our ways and went home. When about a week later, Marissa calls me up and she says, Papa, do you know somebody by the name of Bill? I said, yeah, I know a lot of Bills. She goes, no, no, I swear, I think I saw a ghost. I was just kind of praying and all of a sudden, boom, there was a ghost over in the corner of the room. But it wasn't scary. So I asked him who he was. He said, I'm Bill. And Bill said to Marissa, and Marissa repeated it to me, he said, I have a message. Can you deliver it to my wife? My wife's name is Kyoki. So Marissa calls me up and she goes, do you know somebody by the name of Kyoki, a guy by the name of, I go, yeah, Bill, he died. He was in my class. He was in my Bible study class and he, he passed away. That was the ghost that you saw? And she goes, I guess so. It's just a young guy standing in the corner and he had like his hand on his hip and uh, leaning up against the wall, like being really cool. So he said, to Marissa to tell me, to tell Kyoki that he's doing just fine. He said, heaven is beyond description. It is absolutely beautiful. And when your day comes, and don't be in a hurry, but when your day comes, I will be there to welcome you home. So anyway, I had basically been, by now, this, I'd kind of been, frowned upon let's put it this way i was in essence being kicked out of the church because i had gone to i went to my pastor i did not go to kiyoki i went to my pastor and i said this is what happened he goes no 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 don't you dare say anything to kiyoki do not say anything to kiyoki we're working very hard with her to soften her heart and get her to love christ again because she feels like Christ took away her husband and her true love, and so she's still bitter. So don't talk to Kyoki. Well, if you know me, you don't say, don't do that, because I'm an idiot enough to go do anything that somebody said, don't do that. So anyway, I had dragged, that's when I dragged, uh, uh, no, Marissa did not come with me. She was very, very hard to get her to church. So I decided after this happened, I would go to church again. In fact, I had even asked my pastor, I said, meet with Marissa and I, let, let Marissa explain to you what's going on with her. And they're like crossing their index fingers and going, no, 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 that is not good. And I can show you all the passages in the Bible while, why it is bad that what she's doing. And I go, wow, how can it be bad? I mean, how can it be bad? So this was in Marissa's very infancy of, of her channeling. So. Anyway, just to wrap up the story, I went back to the church 
And for many of you who may have read this story already in, in, uh, in our very first book called Heaven Speaks, um, I'm being a little redundant. But so I go to the church and I'm sitting there in that backyard again. Kyoki's sitting over there where she had sat the time before. Marissa's not, not with me. And Marissa had said, asked me, she told me, and this prefaces this, when she had asked me who Kiyoki was, she had seen these sparkles, sparkles coming down from the sky, just wrapped all around Kiyoki, just Kiyoki, sparkles, 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 sparkles. And that's why she asked me about her. Well, apparently those sparkles were Bill, the essence of Bill or the spirit of Bill. So anyway, I go to the church again, and, and there's Kiyoki. And now I'm thinking inside my head, my pastor said, don't talk to her. Don't, 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 don't say anything. Don't, 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 don't. So anyway, the service ends, and Kiyoki got up, and I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure whether to leave or stay or what have you. And so Kiyoki stands up, and she goes over in kind of the corner of the yard, and she's completely encircled by all these rose bushes. And she's got like, 10 people standing around her, you know, talking to her and what have you, probably consoling her. And so I just kind of looked down. I put my head in my hands and I said, okay, God, this is your ball game. If you want me to talk to her, then I'll talk to her. But if not, I just soon get the heck out of here. And I looked up and then all of a sudden, all those people were gone. I mean, just in the matter of, that was the length of my prayer. And they were gone. They like remember the, that commercial where where you drop a drop of oil in, into the detergent and it just kind of zoop, it's gone? That's kind of what happened to these people. They're gone. And Kyoki's standing there all by herself. Next thing I know, I mean, I, I must have just been floated on air or something, because I don't remember walking over there. But the next thing I know, I'm standing in front of Kiyoki. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is going to be my last time at this church. That's for sure. And you know what? It really was. Um, I said, Kiyoki, you remember me? I see you on Saturday nights when, when you go to North Coast Presbyterian or to North Coast Calvary. Because I like to go. I, I'm really going into church a lot. I was going on Saturday nights and I was going on Sunday mornings. And Bill and Kiyoki would go to the same same church on Saturday night. So I would see him, wave to him, say hi, whatever. But, you know, nothing real social or anything like that. So Kiyoki knew who I was. She knew I was from Bill's Bible class or what have you. So she kind of gave me one of those wry little little soft smiles as I walked up. And I said, Kiyoki, I, I have something to tell you. And I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell you this, but and I don't know how you're going to take it, but... I've got a message for you. And I then proceeded to tell her that Bill had shown up and given me a message to give to her that he's doing just fine. He's up there in heaven. He's waiting for her to come by, come over, but don't be in a big hurry because uh, life is heaven as well. We can make our life heaven or we can make it hell. And we can, the best thing you do is always stay positive and keep your life like it's in heaven. So anyway, so I, I tell Kiyoki this when she just busts out crying. I mean, really, really. I mean, the tears were coming down like 
really, really hard. And I'm looking around, I'm going, oh my God, my God, oh my God, look at what I've done. Oh my God, I wasn't supposed to do this. Oh my God, my pastor's gonna throw me out by my, by my shirt tail or by my collar. When all of a sudden she threw her arms around my neck and gave me this great big hug. And she said, and then she told me a story about how Bill was going to let her know that he was okay after he had passed on and gone to the other side. So anyway, that was actually my last time at that church. I did not go back again after that. I saw Kiyoki shortly after that. Uh, maybe a month or so later, I saw her uh, coming out of the gym as I was going in. She just gave me a big smile and waved, and I gave her a big smile, and I waved back. So she had found her peace. She had been trying to find peace through the Bible, through her pastor, through her friends, but she could not find the peace that she was looking for. But somehow, some way, God, through me, put me in front of her to give her a message. And that message, of course, came through Marissa. So anyway, it turned out to be a happy ending, so to speak. I never went back to the church again. They don't miss me because I did something I wasn't supposed to do. And this is something that I, I fought with for uh, right from the very get-go with Marissa was my pastors are telling me this is not good. This is not good. This is bad. This is bad, 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 bad. But then we started talking to Jesus and Jesus started giving us all these really cool lessons and then we eventually wrote some books. So anyway, let me wrap this one up. This is my first uh, my first podcast or broadcast under Marissa's new um, uh, Intuition Ministries. And what I'll eventually get into is I'll get into current events and things and kind of try to kind of put it together with spirituality as much as I can. Um, I used to be very, very, very liberal uh, when I was young. And then as I got older, I became more conservative. Uh, visually, if you look at me, I look very liberal. So people who are liberal just take to me right away and then get blown away when I start arguing with them. So anyway, we'll, we'll touch on points. I understand a liberal point of view. I understand a conservative point of view. I consider myself more of a, an independent type person. Um, so anyway, we'll get into a little bit of politics. We'll get into current events and and we'll just see how we can tie it all together uh, with spirituality and, and what I've learned through all the lessons uh, with Marissa. We've done so many, we've got hundreds and hundreds of hours of tapes. And someday we'll have them all cataloged and you'll have a way to get to them. And, and here, here are the actual recordings that, that we had of some, some really goofy stuff. We've, we've done all kinds of things. I, I wanted to know everything about pyramids and earthly structures that we can't explain when all of a sudden uh, my interest had turned from that to biblical. So we wrote uh, a number of books. Uh, we interviewed the authors of the New Testament. And so we've got, uh, and we broke them up into two by twos. So the eight authors of the New Testament are broken down into four books. And then we have another one that, that's called Ask Jesus, where we pulled a lot of Jesus's lessons out of each of those interviews because Jesus monitored the whole thing all the way through. So I love Jesus. Uh, he's a great guy. I think of him as a buddy, as a friend. I talk to him that way when I pray. I don't get down on my knees and go, oh God, please, please, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I just tell him, okay, God, 
this is your ball game. I know that you created my soul. And I know my soul sent me down here in, in spirit form or spirits inside me. And I'm supposed to be doing something that, that they planned, but we're down here with amnesia. We don't even remember we came from there. And we're kind of dense. We, we don't, when we think we're hearing God, we're, we're sure we're listening to our own brains and our own, our own stomach, our own intuition. But that's how they talk to us in a soft voice. Usually it's intuition. When you know you're you're thinking about something that there's no way that your brain would have thought of that, that's God's way of talking to you. So you need to heed that. So anyway, uh, today uh, was is uh, March 5th. I'm not sure when it's going to actually be recorded. I've gone way over time. So I'll look forward to meeting you on my next show, and uh, we'll go over something new. But that's a little bit of a background about who I am. So... May God be with you, be at peace, always be positive, and smile because people think you're up to something. Have a good day.